Welcome to Little Bit Weebish, the podcast where I, Megan Cardenas, chat with my friends about the anime that I love episode by episode. And of course, we are covering Jujutsu Kaisen with Sam. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm okay. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it like came out super, I was like, I'm not going for raspy, but apparently that's what came out. So <laughs> a little um, bit on the verge of a cold, but it's okay. We're you know. There. Tis the season we're coming up on fall, so yeah, I I feel you there. I've got two kids in preschool, and I just feel like every oh. time we hop back into like that, we're hanging out with a ton of other little kids, we just all get like sick a couple of times, and then like we're better, but those couple of times just really just feel like two months worth of sickness. Uh, yeah. All my mom friends, I hear it. Yeah, you are not alone. <laughs> I I haven't experienced that joy yet. So, but I am with you in solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, let's get into it. We are covering episodes 19 through 21, which means that this next episode will be our final episode of season one of Jujutsu Kaisen. So like, I can't believe we're there, really. We're so close, we're so close. Ah, uh, the end's in sight, I'm so excited. And I want everyone to know like, not that I wanna put a timestamp on our episode, but we do know there's an uh, upcoming announcement that's coming out on the 18th and we're recording this a little bit earlier than that. So yeah, I'm dying to know what that announcement will be, but we'll all be excited together. Super pumped. But yeah, let's get into episode 19. The title is Black Flash. So for a quick summary, the students are running away from the curse's attacks. Fushiguro, Toge, and Kamo, they're running from Hanami, and things do not look good for them at all, as Hanami easily deflects Fushiguro's new way. Toge, he seems to hit his limit with the cursed speech. Kamo is completely knocked out. So in a final effort, Toge shouts at Hanami, uh, blast away, and Maki joins in the fight. So the cursed tools seem to do a really good job, but then um, Hanami seems to just like stab both Maki and Fushiguro with this plant thing that begins to sprout from them and things do not look good until Itadori and Toto join in the fight against Hanami and you know Momo rescues Kamo and Toge on her broomstick Panda gets Fushiguro and Maki out of the way so it's just Toto and Itadori V Hanami. And, you know, Fushiguro, he warns Itadori that if he dies again, he's going to kill him himself. And <laughs> yet again, Toto sees this fight as a teaching opportunity for Itadori, which is hysterical because look at how many people Hanami has taken out so far. And yet, this seems like a perfect teaching opportunity. 
Um, and he says that he will not join in this fight until Itadori hits this curse with the Black Flash. Um, and learning that Hanami can talk, Itadori asks if Hanami is connected to Mahito. And it seems like it's a yes, even though it's not confirmed, which just makes Itadori super mad and gets in this fight, which is epic. And long story short, he does accomplish the Black Flash move. And Toto joins in after taking some time to knock Itadori uh, into his senses. And Hanami decides to take them both way more seriously. Again, epic, cool, the fight is everything. And of course, even Hanami starts to enjoy the fight as well. That is episode 19. And I'm super pumped. I'm like waving my arms everywhere. Um, it's like little fist bumps, you know, punches. Because that was so cool. Right? Wasn't it? No, no. It was like a super, super cool episode. There's a lot of things that I really enjoyed about this episode. But most of them I say, well... I saved them pretty much for like the bonus section to chat about because I just feel like there's a lot of things to pick apart. Oh my gosh. Me too. It was just so good. But today for the theme, I want to talk about unconventional teacher learning moment, something along those veins. Um, you know, I guess there are multiple ways of saying this, but unconventional teacher learning moment. <laughs> but um, I just, I couldn't help but see that in the midst of this epic fighting, I couldn't help but think these two things. One, we're still in the same day of fighting where literally Toto has bashed Itadori's head in like not too long ago. Like it's been <laughs> multiple episodes, but it is still the same like couple of hours. And yeah. two... Toto continues to teach and coach Itadori from the sidelines. You know, again, despite the fact that Hanami is like obviously super powerful and very dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and so far, Itadori has had officially and unofficially three teachers. Gojo, who teaches the fundamentals and how to control the cursed energy. Nanami, who reinforces those earlier teachings and puts them into practice and how to build uh, your own technique in a way. And then there's yeah. Toto, where over the course of the past few episodes, and especially this one, he teaches Itadori how to truly feel the cursed energy, how to connect with it. And how to not be so much in your head, but go by your gut in a lot of things. Mm. Um, so just continually getting stronger and in a way that Yuji can really understand. It's less theoretical. It's learning by doing. And in this episode, Toto allows Itadori to try safely and correct when needed. Um, and... I love that. I'm like, in what world, for some reason, it just makes sense that Toto would be an excellent teacher um, for Yuji 
especially compared to the other students. He didn't see Yuji as someone who was new, someone who knew nothing and just kind of dismissed him because of it. Uh, didn't handle him with kid gloves or handle him like, oh, I've got to treat him different because he's a vessel or any other thing. He just saw Ichidori's potential and skills, which are unimaginable strength and unmatched resilience. And I think that that is just so incredible that Toto would be this unconventional teacher to really mm -hmm. get Itadori above and beyond where he was just a few short hours ago. For sure. And I, the more that you talk about it, because I was thinking like, well, Gojo was kind of the one that gave him like the idea of like feeling it. Mm -hmm. But at, the more that you explained the way that Toto has um, has taught Yuji, it made me think that, like, Gojo was really just, like, the, let's just feel it out. Let's just get comfortable with our bodies. And yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> do what you can. Like, let's experiment. Um, and kind of bringing Yuji in and making him feel like he wasn't a weirdo. Or mm -hmm. pretty much just, like, bringing him into the fold, making him feel good about himself. And yep. then there's Nanami here who kind of lays, like, really the ground rules um, mm -hmm. that you should be abiding by as a sorcerer. And then, like you said, Toto really helps him under understand the feeling of using your cursed energy and what that means as the type of use the sorcerers that they are. Because he's the one that really understands what Yuji is going through when they're using the type of cursed energy that they have like he completely understands in a way that gojo and anami don't and so i was like man that's just super cool that like toto really isn't a repeat because that's what i originally had thought like oh toto's just another like chaos driven sorcerer <laughs> like gojo but honestly yes. like he he does play a very different role. Like Gro yep. Gojo was there to bring him in as family and show him that he has a place. And Toto is there to, to really make him understand and also just relate. I it, guess. Yes. And Toto had used this example of like a chef who finally cooks a dish with ingredients. He doesn't know. It's kind of like Gojo had brought the ingredients together and just explained what they were yeah. and then nanami taught well this is how you do the technique this is the how you cut how the you things saute. this is how exactly the this yeah. is how you do the techniques and then with toto it was like okay now we're gonna mesh those together we're going to see how the ingredients and the technique make the stuff make the food like the and mommy exactly exactly <laughs> and he's like and now you're a chef now you are able to really taste your cursed energy and you're able to do it to the point where he has not just done black flash once but multiple times where even nanami said He'd only ever been able to do it four times, like, in mm -hmm. his life. But he was able to get to that next level because of the way Toto had built upon what he knew. And it's just crazy. Obviously, he's a little kooky, you know, with his daydreams. Yes. 
And also yeah. he he also is a student. Like he's not like he's still in high school himself. But he he was able to be the probably the best possible next teacher for Yuji with where he was at. Um oh for sure. Like I feel like kind of like with the the conversation that we had a couple episodes ago between Gojo and Nanami and Nanami treating him like a kid. Yep. And and reminding Gojo like, "Hey, he's still a kid. We need to teach him, we need to protect him." Gojo kind of just treats him like another sorcerer when he's teaching him. He doesn't really have like the boundaries that Nanami has. But then with Toto, he's treating him like a peer. He's like, let's share information. And it's kind of like when in school, they were like, okay, you know, I've just, I am the teacher. I have just taught you something. Now go try to teach it to one of your classmates to really solidify the information that you have. And Toto definitely brings like that. I'm not going to treat you like a kid because you're the same age as me. And I know what my level is let's have you be at this level too. I know that you have the power for it. And it's just, it's a very interesting dynamic that even though he's teaching him, he doesn't treat him like a kid. He doesn't treat him like this weirdo, you know? Exactly. For Toto, it's not so much about who you are that earns the respect. It's what you can do. And if you are resilient like him, that earns the respect and, makes him see you as teachable um you know and it made me think because there are going to be times when we are unofficial unconventional teachers to other people of course sometimes Mm -hmm. we will be the student but it made me think about how can I as an unconventional teacher um how can I better connect and teach to a person's understanding and not my own which I feel oh, like yeah. is, is hard. It and very much how what put Toto in another realm than I think even the Tokyo students, to be honest with you, in terms of like helping cultivate Itadori. And then mm. also it makes me wonder what personal blinders do I have that may prevent me from seeing the potential in someone else? Um Because I feel like, again, people could see Itadori as new, a vessel, treat him with kid gloves, or treat him just downright mean because of him being a vessel. They could treat him all kinds of ways. Um, So it makes me think, what kind of personal blinders would I have that would prevent me from seeing, you know, the untapped potential in someone else as an unconventional teacher? Definitely. And I think that that's where, you know, like we talk about labels in society and stuff like that. And sometimes labels are helpful, but sometimes like in your example that you've given, sometimes labels can also be blinders. We put people in a box based off of what we know and we treat them as such. And uh, I, I really liked that you said that Toto treats him differently, even differently from the other Tokyo students Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think that that's true I don't because Toto bases his uh worthiness on the type of women that they like which is not (laughs) conventional at all yeah instead of labeling him as a vessel or um 
you know, somebody from the Tokyo school or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, even though he has like that label of your choice of women, it's still not really conventional and it really doesn't blind him at all. And it just allows him to act freely and um, unconventionally. I don't even know what other word that would be best used because it just, it sounds so right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, but yeah, that's just what I thought about that the entire time that they were fighting. I mean, it was epic and cool, but you can just see how much Itadori had grown from previous episodes, but then also within that episode itself, not having even done Black Flash to then doing it multiple times to then fighting um, in this synchronization with Toto and Mm -hmm. where, like, I love, well, with all this stuff, I always think about, like, how to be a better learner, how to be a better teacher, how to cultivate Mm -hmm. creativity and problem solving. So this is something that I just think about for fun. But like, even with the fighting, you can see like, as they're fighting, they're like getting up on Hanami and then Hanami like removes the, the plant stuff to make them fall. And it's like, you could easily think, holy crap, I'm like falling. I'm going to die. But then because Hanami's just like, all right, now I just got to like shoot them, you know, shoot them with mm-hmm. my vines and kill them. And they just immediately like think to each other, like brother, and they use each other to like push <laughs> off with the problem solving and the creativity of like figuring out what to do. And so for me, you can just see that through this crazy teaching lesson, very hands-on how um, how much better Itadori became as a jujutsu sorcerer in his own right and not just as, quotes Sukuna's vessel. So I just, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of nerdy of me in like a little more nerdy of a way because, again, I love thinking about this stuff for fun. Um, but yeah, couldn't help but think of it the entire time we were watching this episode. But okay, let's move on to bonus because I feel like now I'm getting to the point where I'm just in the I loved everything mode. So let's move on to just the bonus yeah. section. What did you love the most? Um, So for me, I just, I really loved that as soon, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Like immediately popped up into my head. And so when Hanami... And the other sorcerers um, that weren't supposed to be there popped into the veil. Um, immediately you see the people who are fighting each other come together against their common enemy. Yes. And I thought that that was really cool. Um, I loved seeing them team up with each other. Um, and I just, I like, Momo didn't, I, I keep calling her the witch sorcerer because I could never remember her name. Oh, yeah. Um, Momo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, she didn't have to pick up Toge. She could True. have just picked up Kamo. Um, She didn't have to save him. When Toto switched places, uh, well, or 
when Toto and Itadori hopped in the fight with Hanami to save Megumi and Maki, he didn't have to grab Maki. Like That's he immediately true. was just standing there holding her. Very he didn't have true. to do anything for her. He didn't have to hand her off to Panda. Um, and Panda didn't have to come running when Toto called for him. Like he didn't have to do that. True. And he very much went out of his way to try to help somebody who is he's supposed to be having a competition with mm-hmm. and it's just very cool to me to see two sides come together pretty quickly mm-hmm. yeah i i thought that that was epic i loved um i also yeah i was very surprised when momo got toge also but yeah didn't even think of that when toto mm-hmm. grabbed maki like so so true um yeah. The things that I loved, one, the evolving bromance from new best friend to Itadori saying it, like, in the same episode, to them them saying, brother, like, couldn't get any better. And then, of course, I loved when Hanami acknowledged Toto's power. Again, she's like, Sukuna's vessel. But then... It was like she had to acknowledge, well, she, it, I don't know, had to acknowledge Toto because she mm-hmm. was like, obviously the power is lower, but he has this brazenness that makes him so mysterious and unpredictable. Yeah. And I'm like, the fact that Hanami made this call out about Toto compared to the other students who she, it, just fought... I think just shows how fearsome Toto really is. And it it shocked me. I also just want to say, well, actually, no, I'll save it because I don't want to get sidetracked. I have a theory. I have a theory. But okay. what else do you like? And then we'll end on the theory. Um, so just kind of going back to, like, the whole Toto slapping Itadori. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, let me find it. Let me find a summation, or not a summation, um, what exactly he said to Toto, or sorry, to Itadori. He was like, um, he specifically says like, yes, you can utilize your anger to help with your cursed energy, but there's sometimes where you focus so much on your anger that it blocks your cursed energy. And right now you're letting your anger, oh shoot, where is it? You're also letting your anger cloud their honeymoon, his yes. honeymoon with his new best friend, Toto. <laughs> yes. And I thought that language was just so funny because Yuji's like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, at um, first he's like, I totally get it. And then later he's like, this was bizarre the entire time. Like, I don't even yeah. know you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was just, it was really funny to me that he's, he, you know, he's using it as a teaching moment, but don't, don't forget that Toto's a weirdo yep. and talks about demons with your new best friend. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. I just thought it was funny. And also just a very great teaching moment because it's true in real life too. Like you can utilize your anger, ang- uh, utilize your anger to push yourself forward. Um, but there, there is a point where you, you can can move past it to the point where it can really block you from doing other things from progressing in life and yes and I just think that that was just a really great comment um but I want to save maybe maybe my like 
of my next comment will help feed into your theory. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll start off with just saying like, I thought that it was really interesting um, that when Hanami is fighting Toto and Yuji, that they think back on a conversation that Mahito had with them. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, you're so focused on your end goal that you don't enjoy the fight. And he was like, you just really just need to enjoy yourself and have fun. And then you bounce back and Hanami's like, I am enjoying this. And I think that really ties into what you were saying earlier of just acknowledging Toto's fierceness and in tuneness with himself. But take it away. Okay. Okay. Tell me if this theory is just like, it either doesn't matter or <laughs> or if it just is like so duh. But okay. So I have this like theory based on that exact conversation that Mahito had with Hanami about not enjoying mm-hmm. the fight, not relishing in the murder, you know, the way Mahito does. And according to the Jujutsu Kaisen fandom wiki, Hanami specifically was born from the fear of land-based natural disasters, and he had and he desired to rid the world of humanity because of their mistreatment of nature. And so it makes me think, what if Hanami, who is the embodiment of all this? destruction, disasters, especially because humans have this mistreatment of nature. What if Hanami, who is this embodiment, doesn't enjoy the fighting or the killing of humanity until it progresses? Because really, Hanami wants to be at peace with humans, but knows at the present Mm. time, it is impossible. It's kind of like how in the real world, like real world adjacent, you see these natural disasters coming up and it sometimes feels like nature is trying to heal itself. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't come from pleasure or fun, but out of necessity. And I think that that's how Hanami maybe has seen this as a necessity until, of course, Hanami starts enjoying the fighting. But I don't know. That's just my thought about how it kind of is out of a no, nature it's a- healing itself. I I think that that's um, that's a very interesting theory just because when you were describing what the wiki fandom was I felt like it was I felt like it seemed weird like what they were saying it almost sounded like contradictory um, that like I don't know that being born from the fear of land based natural disasters that this curse then just wants to rid the earth of humanity when it itself was created by humanity and so it Mm -hmm. just seems like this loop of like weirdness so i feel like your theory kind of helps bridge the gap i mean that's just what i think i think that's why it just makes sense because with mahito and him being born of people's hatred for each other Mm-hmm. It would make sense that ha- uh, Mahito delights in murder, in brutality, in fighting. Yeah. Um, with F- Mount Fuji, uh, Jogo, born out of the fear of Mount Fuji erupting. 
You know, you can mm-hmm. tell that he has pleasure in being powerful, in being fearsome, in feeling mm-hmm. like he is the strongest, you know? Mm-hmm. And But Hanami is not like them. And it makes me feel like Hanami, because if you think about how humans have been one with nature from the beginning and then it's progressed to where humanity and nature are at odds with each other to yeah. me it makes sense that Hanami who is born from this natural disaster land-based disaster embodiment would try to be at one with humans or try to course correct what the humans have done out of necessity not pleasure yeah so that's just my theory <laughs> But I don't know. So Hanami's a hard one. Hanami kind of like, so my husband and I have been watching on and off the Harley Quinn um, cartoon that's on HBO. Uh And there's um, Poison Ivy plays like a really big role Mm -hmm. in this show. And she's like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just an environmental extremist. (laughs) (laughs) She says this over and over and over again. And it's yeah. gotten me to the point where I'm like, Hanami's kind of the same. Hanami's yeah. kind of not the bad guy, just an environmental extremist. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is spot on. Um, I really hope that the manga readers aren't like, you know, you guys are so off base. But I just, it just, <laughs> the what you just said in my theory, it just makes sense to me. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's the scary thing about having a podcast where you go in blind to other source material and you're just focusing on the one. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, I think, Sam, we are ready for episode 20. Welcome back, everybody. We are now going to be covering episode 20 of season one of Jujutsu Kaisen, and the name is Non-Standard. And I will give you my really quick summary. We still continue on with Yuji and Toto fighting Hanami. Yuji is able to use the Black Flash on Hanami, is it five times? It's four or five times. Like, it is back-to-back insanity. Yeah. Um, So... I, I know that I counted four back to back to back when Toto was like clapping, but I think yeah. throughout the day it was five times. I think don't quote yeah. me. It was hard to keep count once I realized what I should be paying attention for. <laughs> <laughs> fair, um, fair. <laughs> but Toto introduces his boogie woogie technique, which involves clapping and swapping places of two or more. Cur- or sorry more than one or more cursed imbued items or people uh gojo ends up breaking the veil and possibly taking out hanami um his blast was so strong no one knows at this point wow (laughs) very short summary um but i feel like i covered pretty much each event in there so um yeah except for like the black flash if anybody can like comment on megan's post on how many actual black flashes happen throughout the episode that would be great i mean it's really bugging me 
I mean, I think you're right. Um, okay. But also, I'm not going to fight you on it either. So yeah. <laughs> the point is, is that he surpassed a lot of people. And I think that's yeah. just the main gist. So, well, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so for the theme today, I really didn't see much of a theme. And so my theme is surprise. <laughs> because... <laughs> Um, there were just a lot of surprises that happened that I wanted to point out um, that happened. So um, the first one being uh, with Yuji, and you guys know that I like to break things down by person or curse. So that's how I'm just going to continue on doing it. Love it. But um, first of all, with Yuji, uh, Toto has taught Yuji to use the black flash technique. And from Nanami's narration, which I think is so funny because they're kind of treating it like a real live show and having like a commentator on the side that they cut to in the middle of the fight scene. But with Nanami's narration, it's hard to do very many in a row. And he's the holder for the record with the most black flashes in a row, which is four. He's like, it's hard to just do two, but he's been able to do up to four. And with Yuji, we see this as a surprise because this is the first day that he's ever done the black flash right first day yep first day okay first day and he's easily with toto's coaching able to do four or five again don't quote me on that in a row which means that he either shares the title with nanami number one or he just beat him in his first day yeah like does that surprise you at all um kind of didn't surprise me i was gonna say it kind of didn't because even before yuji was a vessel like because we can easily think it's because he's a vessel he's all the strength but literally when he like went head to head with that track and field coach the track coach was able to get it super close like throw the shot put to where it was super close to japan's record but then yuji like blew it out of the water like just threw it like it's just the raw strength and natural talent so I'm surprised but also like kind of not really but I'm surprised (laughs) and I think that that just also kind of attests to Toto's faith in Yuji and the way that he was able to teach yes it almost was like Toto was really able to see the potential that Yuji had. He's like, oh, piece of cake. Like, this guy is going to be able to do the black flash against Hanami. I'll just threaten him that I won't help him, but he'll make it happen, like, super fast. And then he ends up doing it multiple times in a row. So, just like, not a surprise to Toto, apparently, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was that was just great to me to kind of see... Yuji uh, flourish under the teachings of Toto, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of attests to me how great having a peer, like somebody who's in your same group, really teach you. Because yeah, it kind of builds you up. I feel like when somebody doesn't treat you like you're stupid because you're the same age and they're teaching you, they're just like, no, I want to just share this knowledge with you. Like I don't think that you are stupid. I just. I just, I'm so excited to be able to talk to somebody about it. Just like with us, right? I totally agree. (laughs) Yes. Um, Um, If that's like us, then who's Toto? The crazy one. And who's Yuji? (laughs) 
Ooh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll let the people decide who's the Toto and who's Ooh. the Yuji. Do a poll. <laughs> Do a poll. You know what? Okay. Sam, remind me when this episode goes live and we will <laughs> we will let the people speak. Cool. <laughs> yes. Certainly. Oh, I want to see what the people say. I so want to see what the people say. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm kind of scared, but okay. Oh, but like, how cool would it be if you were chosen as Toto? Like, people just think that I'm that crazy. And that's kind of exciting. Maybe I'm the Toto because I just said that. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But then we both are kind of intense in different ways. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we shall let the people speak. Um, <laughs> remind me when you record, like, hey, by the way, this is what's coming up, you know? For sure. And Definitely. we'll do it. Um, so the next person that I wanted to chat about was Toto himself. Um, not only is he surprising us as being a really great teacher and being willing to be a teacher for to or for UG, uh, but he also shares a secret technique. Um, which is called the Boogie Woogie, uh, which I also think is like, do, does everybody just like name their own techniques? It's kind of like new surgical procedures where they're like, <laughs> this is the blah, blah. And you're like, oh, why is it that? Because it's cool. You know what? Um, I'm just shocked that he would name, he would take the opportunity to name it Boogie Woogie as opposed to his, you know, idol. But that's just me. Um, Takana or what? What's her Takana? name? Takana. Takana. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this feels like a missed opportunity, Toto. But you know, I'm not the one making the technique, so it is what it is. I can't even do the technique, so it is what it is. Exactly. Um, so uh, he does. He he has a secret technique, the boogie woogie, where he can clap to trade places with a person or anything with cursed energy. So, um. He kind of reveals his technique as he goes throughout the fight with Hanami because Hanami has a, an inner dialogue that just says, oh, when he claps, they switch. But who does he switch? Does he switch me or does he switch the vessel? Does he switch me or does he switch him? Um, yeah. Does and he switch the two of them? And it wasn't even every time he claps, he switches. So it's exactly. like even more confusing where just as you think he, you figured it out, it's like, nope, it doesn't have to happen with every clap. And I could be switching you. Nope. I could be switching him. I could be switching with this tool. It's like, exactly. Toto really kept you guessing. I'm like, that's a pretty amazing technique. Stupid name, well, amazing yeah. technique. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, we also find out that not only can he switch you know, a person or an item, but he can switch multiple at the same time, Crazy, uh, which ends up happening too. Um, and so Toto kind of has a lot of surprises during this episode as he reveals different levels of his technique. Um, and I just like the little montage where they show like each of his faces every time he claps because he just kind of gets <laughs> cocky. Yes. Like, oh, clap. Ugh, clap it's yes. just like it's hilarious you can't see my face megan can but i can't like it was hilarious hilarious faces <laughs> um okay so next up we have gojo um he's surprised and i just put them in quotes bad guys with the ability to end the veil like they were very surprised that gojo was able to bring down the veil 
and enter the area before 30 minutes were up. Now, I don't know the significance of 30 minutes at this point, but apparently from the blonde bad guy who had like right. the hand sword, which was so creepy. Like who wants uh, to grip another hand? A, a like, dead hand. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ugh. But he, he makes the comment of, oh man, it hasn't even been the 30 minutes. Um, and so we have Gojo kind of surprising everybody by being able to bring down such a big veil that apparently was very well put in place. Like they do comment when the veil goes down that it was very well put together. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, he surprises them with that. Um, and then um, last but not least, Hanami, um, during the episode... Hanami again remembers the conversation with Mahito that Ma or that Hanami should try to enjoy the fight in the moment instead of just focusing on the end goal. So Hanami kind of keeps jumping back and forth between that conversation um, with Mahito, and as Hanami fights, they're finding that despite being hurt a lot, that they're mm -hmm. really, really enjoying the chaos specifically. Like they say, the yep. chaos. And the unknown that happens with these two strong fighters. And um, so, like, there's a surprise in and of itself to Hanami about themselves. Like, I can't believe that I am enjoying this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is something that's very new to me. Why would I be enjoying this? And I, I feel like it kind of unfolds Hanami as a much more inquisitive character. Um, and kind of almost like we know Mahito is a very young acting curse. Like yep. they're still figuring out who they are and what they can do. And Hanami has up to this point seemed like an old soul kind of curse. And it yeah. seems like this very much surprises them that they're having this new feeling. Right. I would say reflective, like, or introspective. Yeah, just one of those where, because of it, mm -hmm. it's just almost shocking. Like, wow, this is what's happening. And I'm, like, ready to go. I'm exactly. getting beat up, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing about ha Hanami is uh, Hanami has a few times where they surprise the, and I just said good guys, so yeah. all of the, the students, um, with their powers. Um, and so Hanami as a curse also reveals bit by bit what they can do as well. Um, shooting out seedlings to suck cursed energy. So they shot seedlings at Megami and it starts to like grow inside of him. And the more yeah, it, they, uh, Hanami says like, if you use your cursed energy, it will grow faster. Oh, speaking of that, speaking of surprises, I was shocked when Toto had that daydream that connected the dots of, hey, yeah, maybe put down your cursed energy because all these things are coming at you. And he does it, and then it just, like, doesn't hurt him. Just, again, so flabbergasted, surprised by Toto's strategy, out-of-the-box thinking, daydreaming. Yeah. That literally exactly. saved him from Hanami's attack, which also surprised Hanami. Just speaking of surprises. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Like, Toto was able to deflect in a very unconventional way. And there we go. <laughs> um, and it was just so great. Um, and then another thing that Hanami reveals is the 
the ability to use their left arm. And then yes, on top of that left arm, they have a rosebud that grows when they channel life from plants into cursed energy, which I feel like is very interesting because yeah. they are killing that life. They said that they cannot revert it back. Uh-huh. I actually... I actually think that's not surprising to me because like you'll see like a forest fire or or even like there are things like control burns. Mm-hmm, but you can mm-hmm. see even things like control fire or a fire of any kind where it's so destructive. But yeah. it is necessary for life to continue. So I'm actually not surprised because point. nature is very self-healing. Uh, unless that's we get that's, involved <laughs> that is true um that is a really good point i didn't think about it that way i just thought like oh it's killing the earth while yeah. taking this cursed energy well um, i mean you could be last... right too i'm just saying that's just what i think so it's no but it's a good point um the last thing that we've kind of gotten used to at this point is that a curse can talk yep um we've seen with itadori and with gojo and nanami Multiple times, special curses, being able to talk, being able to reason, being able to react well. Um, But just remember, not everybody has been able to see this. Like, Megami has not been able to see this. Toto. Like, there are other people that just haven't been able to have this realization yet. So, that was the last of Hanami. I felt like we had multiple surprises that were just kind of revealed gradually. um, And were just super great. So, yeah. I want to say, Sam, you are missing one of the biggest surprises of all, at least for me. And that was that uh, Grandpa Principal Man was able to hold his own with that cursed guitar of his. That was the biggest (laughs) surprise of all for me, that he could able to, like, survive. You know? I didn't think about that. I did not think about that. You were very right. Yep. Buddha. Rocker Buddha. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) was able to do it exactly (laughs) oh gosh in the end though like gojo never mind um i don't remember (laughs) if we talk about that this episode or next episode so i'll just stop Ooh. okay (laughs) yep all right um so let's move on to the bonus section megan what did you like well i i kind of touched on it because i was just so excited um just with Toto about the the strategy and out of box thinking. The Takata daydream was the biggest oh, shock goodness. of all. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the tool back. I just was like, he is crazy. I don't know yeah. how I would feel being a fellow mm-hmm. student, like a, like a peer with him. I honestly mm-hmm. don't know. But man, from this distance, I'm like, I appreciate your out-of-the-box brilliance, even though you seem insane. Like a mad genius. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, me. That was just so funny. I was like, of course, of course, that Takana would be in your daydream, reasoning it, it, with you. Right, in this life-or-death scenario. And he's just like, mm-hmm. I'll have to thank her when I see her at Nationals. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, um, love it. Um, so there were two bonus 
things that I really thought were funny. Um, Yuji being surprised that he was swapped with something in the river. And he's like, was I swapped with a fish? <laughs> and just like, it was just like a funny interjection that he had. Um, because he's, you know, we have to remember that he doesn't know everything that Toto can do either. And so now he's figuring out, oh, I can be swapped with something else. We'll see what what it actually was. And we <laughs> yeah. know that it's with Maki's staff, but yeah. Yep. Um, and then the next thing is that I thought that it was hilarious with Utahime, Nobara, and Mai showing up next to the fight with the bat the blonde guy. Yeah. Like the uh-huh. little was underneath his eye. And they were saying something to the point of like, we're gonna kick your butt, even though we're girls. And then like <laughs> he just totally like that goes over his head and he's like I get to fight with all of these pretty ladies? Oh, no, no, no. It was, we're going to fight you and take you out. And he's like, there are so many pretty ladies here. And Nobara's like, oh my gosh, you heard nothing that we said. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, it just gets Nobara right in a rage. Like, how dare you not listen to what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) Exactly. No, for sure. But, uh, Yeah, that's all I had to say. I think that we can move on. Sweet. Episode 21. Let's go. Okay, everyone. Now we're in our next episode, episode 21, and it's titled Jujutsu Koshien. Koshien? Uh, I hope I said it right. <laughs> I thought that that was just a typo. I'm gonna be completely really. Honest. Oh my gosh! I it was. Well, I I looked it up because I was like, this is just interesting, an interesting play on the title, and it's actually a real thing. If if you thought like Sam, this must be a typo. A uh, koshien, k o s h i e n is a baseball tournament held every spring and summer in Japan and is very popular among Japanese people because of how competitive and exciting it is. So it's a real thing. I looked it up. I will put the website in the show notes in case you want to know more about this fascination with this whole uh, baseball thing. So, yeah. But let's dive right in to the quick summary Okay, here we go. The man who nearly faced Yudahime is bummed that he didn't get to do anything in the fight. He's rejoined with Hanami and Mahito. And the invasion was overall a success. And all six of Sukuna's fingers and the other special grade curses, which namely were the cursed, the cursed wombs death paintings, one through three, how the creativity of the naming of things knows no bounds. Um, but all of those things that the school had in its possession were taken. And, and of course they were able to do this with Sugaru's help and insight. They actually managed to pull it off. And also just as we hunched, Sugaru also has um, a hunch that Fushiguro acts as a landmine for Sukuna. Whatever that means, none of us know. 
but regardless, they have this plan and they are now better prepared for the real plan to seal Gojo on October 31st. And we learned that there were casualties um, among the sorcerers, supervisors, and guards. Thankfully, no students died. Um, but even their captured... Um, even the captured lead that they had, the guy who was fighting, you know, Grandpa Principal, didn't say much other than that he had joined in as part of this deal from this mysterious androgynous monk kid with a bob haircut. That's like their only thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most random thing ever. And needless to say, the students bonded and decided to continue holding the event in the form of a favorite pastime baseball and when all of this is said and done it's the tokyo students that win the student exchange event the end super quick summary for me <laughs> which by the way we find out that gojo just like so they they explained that um the way that they pick events is just like randomly out of a yeah like out of a bowl or whatever and Principal Yaga's like, I swear that I thought that I put in individual events. And you just see Gojo, like, tossing in baseball instead. Love it. I love baseball. It is so fun. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who are like, I don't get it. Baseball, you know, whatever. It's like, just go to a game. You don't go for baseball. You go for the atmosphere. You go for the food. You go for the yelling. You go for the popcorn, popcorn, get your popcorn here. Exactly. It's like, I love baseball too. <laughs> who wouldn't want to play? So anyway. Fun fact about me. When I was little, my parents had me memorize like the 1996, I think, Indians team baseball lineup. What? That was like something that I knew before a lot of crucial crucial learning things <laughs> you know what priorities um, yeah exactly that is hysterical do you like keep up with any baseball I used to back in college back when we when our families were based in Washington like northern Virginia Washington DC I kept up with the nationals but you know no, now not so much not really I go to the, like, we went to a bees game a couple years ago, which is just a minor league oh, team here in Utah. Yeah. But John didn't really grow up with baseball. I did. Uh -huh. um, but John didn't. And he's not, like, super into it. He's into something recently. So he thinks that baseball is too long, which I will agree. Like, it can be too long. And especially when you've got two little kids that are like, I can't sit here for forever. Fair. Um, but there's something that's called banana ball that everybody should look up. It's like a shorter version of baseball with lots of acting. Oh. Think that like fun. Globe Trotters games. <gasps> but the baseball bit, but with more competition. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. I don't even know if we have a minor league over here. We definitely don't have a major league over here, so I'm going to have to check. But yeah, I used to love the Washington Nationals go Nats, but uh, I just haven't been able to follow them anymore. So yeah, I still love baseball. 
But anyway, <laughs> the theme though, everyone, the theme for this episode, I wanted to talk about how we can save our regrets for another day. So, mm. refresher, mm-hmm. the principals, they discussed what to do with each story, if opinions had changed, etc. And obviously, the old principal of Kyoto was still nervous and believed that Itadori should not be allowed to live under Jujutsu laws, but was only alive because Gojo's selfishness, which I'm like, what's your definition of selfishness? But, mm-hmm. you know, that's another topic. That's another theme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... He does not believe that the rules should be bent for any one individual. And Principal Yaga reminds him that because Itadori lives, there are many people who are alive and who were saved thanks to him, you know, as well. And he says, not that this applies only to our students. So I'd like to say it can apply to us also. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, not only... Uh, Not that this applies only to our students, but they're going to stack up many many regrets as their lives go on. I wish I had done that. I wish they'd done this. I should have said that. I wish someone had told me this. To be honest with you, I don't know what the right decision is when it comes to Itadori. For now, let's just watch over him, all right? How about we save our regrets for another day? And I think that for Principal Yaga, the greatest regret would be killing Itadori and not allowing him to have a childhood, have a life, grow up a little bit more, and wondering for the rest of his life if he made the right call. So Mm -hmm. for now, letting Itadori live is the best way for him to just save that regret for later. Um, I also want to say that he, as he says this, he, it shows Suguru, um, when speaking about those regrets and it honestly Mm -hmm. makes me need to know this man's backstory in detail, but I thought that that was interesting how when talking about Itadori, Principal Yaga just tells this fellow peer, colleague, how about we save our regrets for another day? Um, we don't need to make a decision. We don't need to be swallowed up in what we should have done or what we should be doing. Let's mm-hmm. just enjoy what's going on now and save it for another time. And in kind of a real world adjacent way, I think that this is good advice. Um saving our regrets for another day we all will grow up and have things not go the way we wanted to or Mm -hmm. wish things had been a certain way or different but to live a life that's riddled with regret um it keeps us from actually living and from actually enjoying what is going on so the idea of taking those regrets and saving them for later especially in a dark world that they live in, that we live in, it almost seems like a sweet and compassionate gift that we give to ourselves by doing that. No, I agree. And I think that like, this is just a really beautiful thing that Principal Yaga is sharing. And another reason why I feel like it's 
when people like I know that you posted it was either today or yesterday of like is uh, is anime like just cartoons for adults or for kids or whatever like is it really you know whatever it is and I just this further like confirms to me that like we can learn really good things from these shows from the manga and stuff like that like yes it's there for entertainment but I feel like it just really allows us to stretch our minds and ask us life learning questions without actually having to experience it it's almost like learning from somebody else's mistakes but these are just mistakes that other people have created for us to learn from yeah um and I just I I really like this because how many times do like like an example of mine is, man, I should have sat down with my kid to read instead of like pushing through work or making time for work when I should be with my kids. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I regret. And I'm like, you know what, if I would have just listened to myself and been like, you know what, this can wait. Let's go read to little boy number one or little boy number two. Like I could have saved those regrets for another day where maybe it would have meant more to to do work while they were awake than otherwise and uh he just that was a that was a little quote that just hit home you and me both you and me both Mm -hmm. and I just was like you know if I because gosh there's a lot of times when I should take my own advice but there uh someone uh, a family member had talked about like the same thing that they were having a hard time with or felt guilty about. And I just was like, you keep going to the same page in your book, rip it out, like rip mm-hmm. that page out of the book. Cause you keep flipping back to it and it's not serving you. But of course mm-hmm. I say that. And it's like, that's exactly what I do. Like oh, for sure. I should have learned this lesson. Like I should be practicing what I'm preaching here. Um, and I just think about all those times when I just get laden with regret or just thinking that I should have changed things or maybe I should have, you know, X, Y, Z, like it could even be the most simple of things. Um, but it doesn't serve me. And, you know, if I, I think just, you know, the whole, how about we save our regret for a later time? You know, it's just, it would be such a compassionate gift that we give to ourselves to just let us Mm -hmm. enjoy life without the guilt, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kind of short and sweet for that, but I think that it's one that, you know, all of us growing humans Mm -hmm. uh, could learn from, you know? Oh, I definitely agree. I loved this, this theme. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it, you know. Principal Yaga said it better than I do. So it's very, very short. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to our bonus stuff. You know, the stuff that we want to talk about. So Sam, why don't you kick us off? Um, So there's at one point um, after the baseball game um, that you see uh, Gojo walking past both of the principals and he just chuckles so maniacally. that the Tokyo team won and he just he was kind of reveling in it um and then the Kyoto principal was like 
okay, if we're going to save regrets for another day, like, you've got to do something about Gojo. <laughs> like, you still have to do something about Gojo. And it was just kind of, like, a light moment. Oh, seriously. I love that. He has got the biggest beef with Gojo, and it just cracks me up. I feel like mm-hmm. if I was Gojo, I would just egg it on. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what he's doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so one of the things that I loved was when Toto had joined Itadori's gang. Like, they're all just, like, around Fushiguro. Because, like, how you doing, man? Like, eating pizza, whatever, yeah. sinking. And Toto just joins in and, you know, they're just like, he's just like, yeah, we've been friends for, like, a long time since middle school. And Itadori's like, dude, I don't even know. Like, I wasn't in my right <laughs> mind. Like, this is too much. What are you doing? <laughs> it's just... Oh, it cracks me up. The bromance is still there, people. It's just, you know, it's now that the dust has settled, it's got to grow more organically, you know, yeah. under less stress. But the bromance is still there. <laughs> well, it just, like, to continue on with that, it just reminds me of when Itadori is, you know, catching for both sides of the team. Mm-hmm. And Toto just gets cracked in the face by Maki. Oh, and he just yeah. gets knocked down and he's just cradling his head. And, and you hear everybody say, good job, Maki, from both sides of the yeah. TV. Sideway. And Itadori's like, everybody hates you. <laughs> I know. That did break my heart a little bit. Because I'm like, you guys, yeah, he's kind of psycho. But, like, did you not hear his speeches? Did you not hear yeah. his pet talks? Did you not? Yeah. You know, so yeah, but I'm hopeful for that bromance. <laughs> so, so yeah, but um, okay, what else did you love as a bonus? Um, my last thing that I wrote down was um, I just loved Miwa's commentary about being asleep for the entire last <laughs> episode and her subtle humor that she has around that. Yeah. It was just so great. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's just so sweet. She's like too sweet for that school i'm just saying that right now um, yeah okay so i just want to say in case anyone missed the name displays that came up on the screen like too fast <laughs> these this is what they were and it cracks me up and no there's not one for um mechamaru but everyone else has one and it's hysterical okay so for miwa her said the mango she was letting ripen in the refrigerator is gone. Like, okay, this is all random. Like, I feel yeah. like we're missing, like, a, a sentence on, like, what's something you're thinking about right now? Or yeah. tell us a random fact or whatever. So they're super random. But yeah, Mila's was, the mango she was letting ripen in the refrigerator is gone. Momo, baseball experience, 2L. So if you compare that to Jujutsu Sorcerer level, that's hysterical. And then Kamo, practicing cursive, I can write my own name now. Itadori, first impression of Aike Ramen, I poop a lot the next day. Ah, <laughs> oh, Nobara, waiting, uh, awaiting approval for a credit card, Hard to, uh, too hard for a high schooler, maybe? Question mark. And then my Zenin hated mangoes, but got over it recently. 
<laughs> oh, poor Miwa. Okay. And then Fushiguro's prefers breast meat. Uh, prefers breast meat in chicken nanban and thigh meat in oyakodon, which both sound delicious from this point of view since I don't know either of them. <laughs> and then Panda wants to punch a zebra someday. And then Maki Zenin. The, uh, the one thing she can't tolerate is protein powder. So random. And then Toto won the middle school nationals with Itadori. Itadori denies this. (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, Toge prefers bread for breakfast, likes it with ham, cheese, and a bit of Tabasco. So not bread for breakfast, like a sandwich (laughs) or an open face sandwich. Like, but yeah. Can oh. I just say, I just feel like this would be a Gojo thing that he just created all of these, and that's why none of them make sense. I'm going to say that that's exactly what happened. That <laughs> It's canon. That's, no. that's a headcanon that I am 100% subscribing to. It's perfect. So yeah, that is a wrap for episode 21. So let's dive into our favorite characters. I have mine in my head. I didn't write it down, but I have one right now. Do you have yours? Okay. Yeah. What if it's the same? Do you feel like it might be? Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe we should say it on the count of three. Okay. Okay. So it's one, two, three, go. And then we say. Okay. 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 I need to understand these rules to the countdown. <laughs> yes. Okay. One, two, three, go. Toto. Toto. Okay. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so what is your reason? I mean, everything. He was the unconventional teacher. Itadori, like, exploded with progress because of him. He, like, amped up everyone, including the students, when they're like, do we want to keep going? And Tono's like, absolutely, there are three reasons why. And I'm like, absolutely, his wisdom on anger, his wisdom on all the things. I just was like, you go. And then, of course, with the baseball hitting him in the face, I was like, buddy, no. So, yeah. He gets the favorite character for this episode. But what about you? I mean, the exact same thing. I was thinking like, <laughs> oh, I'll just let her explain. And I'll be like, ditto. Oh, good one. That it, was a good call. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he was a very crucial player. Um, not only is he besto friendo, but uh, I think that he's very much a linchpin in. Yep how things are going to proceed forward for Yuji and how powerful he becomes. Couldn't agree more. Okay, everyone, that's it. That's a wrap. I can't thank you enough for joining us for this episode. We are so happy that you come to Little Bit Weebish and you listen along and you support the podcast. It all means so much to us. So, 
a couple reminders. Next week, we'll be covering the last three episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen, episodes 22 through 24. So freaking excited. And then we will be finishing season one. And of course, after that, we'll have our coverage of Jujutsu Kaisen, the Zero movie. Super pumped. So that's mm-hmm. what's coming up. We are super excited. And of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Send us an email at littlebitweebish at gmail.com or send us a DM on either Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. I just made a Twitter. Um, <laughs> I I forbade it in my mind. I said never. And of course, what they what did they say? Never say never. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. We hope to see you next week. See ya. Bye.